Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips. For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people, it's been liberating. Take us, for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process. Theology always has fundamentally been, and will always be, an exploratory dialogue. That alone is proof that faith raveling doesn't have to be a crisis, even if it feels like it. We don't have all the answers, so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time. So share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions. Thanks for listening. Hello, my friends. <coughs> Greetings. Salutations. Um, what are you drinking? What are you? What? Are, what is your beverage? <laughs> I can't keep it up. I'm so sorry, <laughs> especially for our one British listener, Jeff. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Um, I am drinking. Honestly, a, sorry, Jeff. I made like a little cocktail. Uh, it was uh Trader Joe's white tea with pomegranate sparkling. I mixed it with some like orange uh mango juice and a little bit of mezcal. So it kind of it's kind of like a citrusy cigarette kind of <laughs> flavor happening. <laughs> the way that's how at least described it. And then. I'm also drinking a tea from Smith. Uh, this is called the Chocolate Peppermint Pu'er, and it smells and tastes delicious. Do you ever feel like you combine so many things that flavors get lost? I have done that before. I'm not going to lie. I've definitely made a drink before where I was like, there's too much going on in that. I don't know what I... Uh, and food, too. I've definitely done that with food. Mm, like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I tried to put like six spices in this. That wasn't meant That's to too be too much yeah yeah i could see you doing that with bev you experiment a lot I, i'm you glad i asked that question uh emily Thank what's you. your beverage i'm drinking a brown butter latte from city bro and it's iced what Whoa. yeah brown butter brown butter like brown did they actually butter. make brown butter for a latte that sounds decadent i doubt that very it's, much for i city doubt brew. that as well but it is very good that's probably a a bottled syrup syrup <laughs> syrup I I want to make that now. That sounds so good. It is very good. And iced is definitely better than hot, in my opinion. Oh, huh. interesting. For at least that flavor. I bet Josh could make a pretty good hot latte with that. Like do make bet, it at home bet. kind of thing. Just kidding, bet. I believe you. Bet. She says, I'm drinking a key lime LaCroix. I'm back on it. I'm back on the stuff. Okay. Though, the king. Yeah, the king of LaCroix. It's very good. You guys... It's time we have a fun episode. Are you ready to just buckle up for a fun episode? Are you ready? Yes. Buckled in. Buckled ready. in. We, Click it or ticket. We are in fall. We're we're in October, right? Pumpkins are on porches. Leaves are changing and falling. The crunching, the sweaters, hot cups of tea. But it's also spooky season. And I went back through our archives of 160 episodes and we've never talked about ghosts before. And I want to talk about ghosts. Ooh. Uh, yes, let's talk about ghosts. It's ghost time. It's ghost season. Spooky season. Welcome. Hello. Uh, where are we at with ghosts? Dude, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's the funnest answer you could have possibly given me, Josh. You could have been like, no, man, I don't think they exist. Or you could be like, 
Yeah, I think they exist, but they're like demons. <laughs> oh, totally. Or there's some secret third thing that you have no idea about. No, like that that is legit like where I used to be, like being taught growing up that ghosts were not fake. They were just demons. They were demons messing with you and like trying to turn you astray or like lead you into fear. But like Really? Oh yeah, totally. Do we not okay. I know our demon episode was forever ago. I might not have mentioned it. Yeah, it was like episode nine was our demons episode. (laughs) Like three years ago. (laughs) Uh, Great episode, in my opinion. But yeah, I was totally raised to believe that about both ghosts and aliens, should they ever rear their heads. Which is why Um, we released the aliens episode. Bingo. On our rebroadcast just recently. Yes. But now, as a person that does not, definitively does not believe in demons or Satan as beings. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck to do with ghost yes. encounters. Yes. I'm so glad that's where you're landing on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Because you could be like, no, I don't believe in demons. I don't believe in the, like, the spiritual realm like that. I don't believe in Satan. And therefore, I don't believe in ghosts either. And I think the people who have experiential stories are making it up. That could be it. But that's not where you're at. Where's Emily? At? Emily. Yes. Emily. What about you? Guess. I think you fully believe in them. Dang, Skippy. And maybe you've even met one or two of them and you've had tea with them or something. Abstively, positively. You bet your bottom dollar. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. Like, okay. Okay. Really? Like, really? Okay. So before we like dive down the holes, I also want to say that I think it's interesting when people say they believe in ghosts but have never had a ghostly encounter. Like, I have not had one, but I'm, like, kind of open to the idea of, like, like what are people experiencing then? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting right. when people are like, oh, yeah, I believe in them for sure, but have, like, never... So what do we think... Had anything? Ghosts. Oh, wait, what does Stephen believe? Uh, yeah, Stephen. Oh. What, what I never told you? No. no. Um, I, I met one in Scotland. <laughs> oh, very <laughs> good. Yeah. Did you just catch the casual yeah. drop? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just met one in Scotland. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So anyway, what was your question? <laughs> yeah. What do we... <laughs> I'm having so much fun. What do we think ghosts are? What is going on? Hypothesize away. If they're not demons here to send or here to like fill us with fear, right? Because as the Bible says we're not to be filled with the spirit of fear but the spirit of god but if they're not here to do that and we think they're real or some of us more than half of us in this podcast know they're real what are they what's going on okay as someone who has not had an encounter i think i'm going to lean more sciencey for this one like as in Great. i, I think that consciousness is weird and we don't have good science on like how it exists and also time is weird and the more they study time the more we realize we don't really know what's going on completely yeah so i think that like eventually we will discover what ghosts are but i don't i don't even i don't even know where to begin like i don't i don't think i don't know so i have some refutable evidence um and i'm going to share i love that i love calling it a refutable. really well versed <laughs> Um, expert they're called the ghostbusters and i believe that they said that ghosts are basically i'm just kidding i'm totally blowing smoke up your butts um yeah 
<laughs> but I will say, from a spiritual standpoint, I believe that ghosts are people who uh, truly, I believe, have not fully crossed over and have not accepted a reality of uh. they are no longer on this temporal plane and they are not ready to cross over to the eternal, whatever that looks like. And it could be unfinished business or it could just be an unwillingness to accept fate of their demise in whatever form that took place. But I really do think they are souls that are lingering in this cosmic realm that is Earth. Man, I love this. I All of the above, honestly, is where I'm at. I think... Mm. I, Josh, I think your point about consciousness and time, those are the two things I've been puzzling over the most post like an encounter, right? And yeah, consciousness is weird. And if someone, like what it seems to me from stories I've heard have, hold, have been told to me, I think there's something about like the world of, how do I want to say this? I think extreme emotion has a way of imprinting us to environments in ways we're not fully aware of. Mm. Both in ecstatic pleasure or in terrifying fear. I, like, I don't think it's an accident, right, that the quote-unquote marriage bed has been considered sacred the way it has been because it is a place that if a relationship is healthy and you have a healthy sex life w- with your partner... That place is a place that is imprinted with a lot of emotion. And that's why it feels weird to like go into another couple's bedroom or like even sit on their bed or or anything like that. Like we consider that a sacred space. And in the same way, I think it's possible that extreme emotion in a moment of like pure survival, fight or flight, primal kind of fear, I think you could probably imprint on a scary place in the woods. And then when people visit that hundreds of years later, that emotion is lingering somehow and manifests in different ways. Hmm. But also Emily, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not at all opposed to your idea of like the soul or the spirit or like a person not fully being at rest or in acceptance of like grieving the loss of their own life. Uh, I would love to hear whatever encounters you would like to share. <laughs> I'm, I'm super fascinated by it. Yeah. Emily, would you go first? Yes. So I think it was my sophomore year. So I was going to be a junior. It was that summer. I went to Miles City for the bucking horse sale. I got together with some friends and we were just putzing around trying to kill time before we went to the parade and one of our friends was like, hey, over by my grandparents' ranch farm land area, there's this old abandoned nursing home. And we're all like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, that's so cliche, an abandoned nursing home. It's like a psych ward, you know, whatever. But we were like, there's no one's been there for 50 plus years. So let's just go look around and see what we find. And mind you, this was during the day. Okay, so we didn't have... The effect of it's nighttime, it's spooky. The wind is howling, yeah. Right. Right. There wasn't any sort of triggers to already put in your brain, you're going to have an experience. This was broad daylight. It was like a Saturday morning, like late afternoon. We're walking around and we, first off, (laughs) 
we break in because the doors were locked. So we weren't supposed to be there. Classic. We break in and we're walking around and we get to one of the wards that has a nurse's station. So it has this half circle desk area and behind it is a board that has the map of rooms and the little bulbs for the lights. So it would be for the call lights when residents would hit a call light, they would know which room to go to. No joke. Three lights went off and we were like, that's so weird. Like it must be an electrical thing. Let's go to those rooms. So we <laughs> split up. That was our first mistake. <gasps> never split, split the party. You tough. never split yeah. up. You Have you ever played up. D&D? Come on. <laughs> never split up. Well, we split up because we're adventurous and we go. So two of us went to one room, two of us went to another and one person was alone in the other third room, which Whoa. they had no experience in their room. Oh, interesting. And they decided to leave. They decided to leave and they found the room that was further down the hall where I was in. So there was now three of us in this one room and we're like looking around and we see that there are things still left behind. Like there's wheelchairs and obviously like some of the beds and the mattresses, some equipment is left behind and they're not in working condition whatsoever. And we're looking around and we thought we heard something out the window. So we go towards the window. And as we're going towards the window, the bed moves forward. So it tilts up. Oh, a hospital style bed moves. So you're now in as like a sitting position. What? And we were like, that's really strange. Again, must be some faulty wire. We're just seeing it in our head, whatever. We look out the window and there's nothing there. And as we go back across the room to leave the room, the bed then just falls flat. And we were like, no way. No, this is all in our brain. We're all seeing the same thing. We're all feeding in each other's imagination. (laughs) And then this is where it gets really weird because as we leave the room, we hear a siren go off and we start freaking out. So we run to another hallway to find the other two people that we were with and we're like, please tell me you heard that siren. And they were like, we didn't hear anything. There was no siren. So three of us heard the same siren and we didn't ask each other, did you hear that siren? We weren't asking questions to provoke or, you know, fake an answer. It was at the same time we all said, what the fuck is that siren? Like, what what did we just hear? And we all run and the other two people said no. And then we hear dogs barking And we're freaking out. So we all leave and we're like trying to hide under tables. And we're so freaked out that we find another door and we run out the door and we're running down this dirt road. And as we look, we see the door shut behind us. And then we were like, "Eh, okay, let's go eat lunch. Like we're done. (laughs) That was my encounter. Wait, were there dogs around? No. That you heard? No. There were no dogs. This was... In the middle of a field, so were there there were no other buildings huh. in the vicinity. So the siren that we heard <laughs> came from inside, and there was there was no fire trucks, no ambulance, no police, no nothing. Yo, dude, that's super weird. Oh yeah, terrifying. Terror. Now imagine if that did happen at night. Oh, oh, that would be like cinematic value. But all in broad daylight. We all encountered the same thing, all our stories. If you were to ask us 
all the people that were there, our stories would corroborate and it still scares me to this day. <laughs> huh. Did you ever like look into the history of that place or like like go back or Oh, I never went back. Oh, God no. <laughs> um and I started to look into the history of it and then I kind of lost interest. I was like, okay, where's like the good stuff? I'm not getting to the good stuff yet. But from what people in town have shared with us was that it had to shut down because of funding issues. And they did have issues with residents in the nursing home because they did actually have like a psych ward. And there were issues like on the memory care unit part of that of that facility. And a lot of things, I guess, went down over time. It shut down in like the 60s or something like that. 50s, I think. But yeah, pretty sketchy. Supernatural. Hmm. Paranormal. Spooky. I will say it. I'm kind of going back to my other point, but it, it strikes me that these kind of places are places that have seen some shit go down. Yes. I think the psych ward is a stereotype, but maybe it's a stereotype for a reason because folks are suffering from mental illness, right? And yeah, sometimes you don't know what to do with those emotions and they're extreme. And if we're following the idea of like a spirit or a soul not accepting their fate in those places, nursing homes, psych wards, oftentimes you have no people yeah. that are support. Or care for you. And so you're the only person that's grappling with that reality. It's very isolating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, I'm curious, is that the only encounter that you've had ever? No. Do you have any more <laughs> that you want to share? Yes. My other encounter <laughs> that I had actually happened in the Methodist church in Laurel. Believe it Whoa. or not, Stephen and Josh. I love a good church ghost. Yes. Dude. Churches are creepy AF. They are. And if you've been inside the Methodist Church in Laurel, the basement is very creepy. And we were playing a game. It was a lock-in. And we, I forgot what game we were playing. And I was in like sixth grade. And someone was sharing the story of something that had happened to, I don't remember if it was like one of their relatives or like a relative of someone in the church. But as we were going up the stairs while playing this game we saw someone going up the stairs and when we went to like follow them there was no one there at the top of the stairs oh, so like God. someone someone was walking up the stairs with us and then they just vanished and we were very confused cuz when we asked people hey like you changed your clothes they would be like what are you talking about and we're like yeah oh so y- you weren't walking up the stairs with us no I've been in this room this whole time. Okay, cool. Um, Great. What the hell? Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't have like a green glowing light or anything like that. It was like just clear as day. We saw someone walking in front of us and then we get to the top of the stairs and there's no one there. I do like that clarification. They're not always, the stories don't always tend to be like this shimmering blue holographic person. Like the ghosts that are in the Harry Potter movies, right? Right. Sometimes they just appear like people, but like anachronistic sometimes. Yeah, that's very real. 
We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there, and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology. If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between. And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency. For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. So, I'll tell you my encounters. Um, yes. So, we had signed up for this, and it bills itself as, like, haunted tour of, like, underground vaults, and at the end, you get to drink whiskey. And Dixie and I were like, oh, well, heck yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. So, the tour is, like, walking us around Edinburgh. We're going into a lot of closes and, like, getting some, like, fun historical facts about the city. And it's all laced with like stories of hangings and people dying and public executions and like the ghosts thereof that are born of that. But so we, we, we end up going into these vaults that are part of the South Bridge um, that has a huge storied past in Edinburgh. But basically these vaults that were originally used as like storage underneath the bridge for like garrisons of troops or for like some merchants and all those kind of things over the years, they kind of got like filled in and then built over like with other like shop fronts or like building fronts. So like the structure of the bridge was kind of like covered over. So you don't really even see a bridge anymore, but underneath the road that tourists walk and buses drive and stuff, there's this bridge that goes like nine stories down into the earth. Right. And that was part of the tours. We were going into these vaults and we're hearing stories of people who have had ghost encounters in these vaults with like all sorts of characters. So basically like these vaults became kind of a spot where a lot of like literally underground crime happened and like vagrants would live down there if they didn't have a home and like it became a, like a really seedy spot. Right. So we're going through the rooms and here's what, where I'll, I will tell you that Dixie had, two different encounters on this tour. Wow. But I'm not going to tell her, I'm not going to tell her stories for her. And I think I might invite her on for like a bonus episode that we give to the patrons <gasps> sometime soon Fun. to tell those stories. Cause I, I don't want to tell her stories for her, but we get to the end of the tour where we kind of go into the, like, like this old tavern space and we all kind of like spread out, set down our coats and we're sitting and this is where the tour guide then takes everyone's orders and goes into the kitchen and prepares like drams of whiskey or like a pint of beer or, you know, like a pot of tea or something like that, whatever you wanted as your beverage. And I had sat like near the corner of this room at a table with Dixie and featured like as decor in the corner 
of the room was this big like dresser and then this really ornate like victorian armchair and i was like i'm not gonna sit in that that feels like it's part of the tour company's whole thing you know i'm just gonna sit at the table with dixie and i'm glad i did friends because um (laughs) we get there and the tour guide is taking our order and she comes over and she points out to me because i'm the nearest person to this like this chair in this corner of the room and everyone's everyone else is pretty like spread out so like not she's not really telling anyone other than me and dixie like oh fun fact like if you look at the corner here there's like there's a different pattern of bricks in the layout of the floor and this is where they found the remains of a woman who had basically like been built into this corner of the room and left to suffocate Whoa. Is their hypothesis. Like oh. when when the area was first being excavated, somebody like found a gap and they were like, oh, this wall looks really fresh and it's like this weird little corner. So they like dug through it and they found the remains of like they found the bones of a woman and like like super deteriorated threads and stuff. And what they also found was a handle of a hairbrush that they hypothesized she basically had tried to use to like dig herself out from the inside. After she had been trapped in there. <gasps> so this so this tour guide points this out to me. And I also want to say, like, during this whole time, like, the vibe is spooky, but I also, like, half of my brain is like, but yeah, I mean, it's a tour company who built the place to be kind of spooky because that's how they, <laughs> that's how they get good reviews and sell more tickets, right? Like, I came into this skeptical of ghosts. I wanted to do a ghost episode on this podcast before I went to Scotland and it would have been a lot different because I would have been like, no, I don't think I believe in them. Oh, sure. She points this section of the floor out and she goes and around here. We've, we've taken to call the ghosts or the ghost that some folks have seen sitting in that chair. We call her Isabella. So, and she looks at the chair and goes, be nice, Isabella. And I was like, okay, fun, cute. (laughs) Right. So, All the drinks are served. The tour guide is standing in the opposite corner now. And so everyone's attention is on her and she's just like telling more ghost stories as we all like sip our drinks and like finish the tour. And there is a moment where I'm just kind of like scanning the room. I'm sipping my whiskey or whatever. I, I turn my head to the right and I and like out of my peripheral vision. I swear to you, this like ornate Victorian chair that was once unoccupied was occupied. And I just had a moment of like, I like my, I stopped my head on the swivel and still out of my periphery. I was like, there is a person sitting there. And then I just like slowly turn back and look at Dixie and be like, do you see someone over there under my breath? And she's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Okay. So that was my first moment of like, so I'm sorry. What? So like at a later moment, I kind of like glance around. No one's in the chair and I'm looking around like the corner of the room. I'm looking above me. Like, again, I still I kind of have this vibe of like this tour company is incentivized to maybe fake some stuff to like (laughs) make you tell good stories about this tour and to come back or whatever. And as far as I can tell, there's nothing like that. So the stories continue. We're sipping our drinks. At one moment, I have my whiskey in my right hand i'm holding dixie's hand with my left hand 
and Dixie has her whiskey in her left hand. So like all our hands are occupied and no one is really sitting near us except for my new ghost friend, Isabella, (laughs) because unprompted, like in a moment of just like another story is going on. I'm just enjoying the experience, right? I feel a hand like fully like run through my hair. <laughs> what? <laughs> like fully like starting like at the very top of my neck, like at the base of my skull and then like running up to the middle of my scalp. I just feel someone run their hands through my hair. And I was like, uh, what? What? <laughs> like, nope, I, nope, nope, nope. I, I, I was more than a little freaked out because like tour guide is telling the story and I go, oh, and everyone looks at me and I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, uh, what is happening? So, yeah, that's my story. That's crazy. Oh, so like nobody God. else was near you. No, no one else was near me. And Dixie Whoa. didn't do that because I, I was holding her hand and she was actively drinking from her other hand. That's super wild. Dude. Okay, so I on guess the off, on the off chance, let's just say that ghosts aren't real. How creepy would it be if just some random person <laughs> just reached ran their fingers through your hair? That's super funny. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this alternative world where again, some family business proprietor is just like, we gotta spook people somehow. You hide in the dresser and <laughs> And you go run your hand through some stranger's yeah. hair. Yeah, but so like I didn't interrupt the tour or the stories that were going on in the moment to be like, whoa, this just happened to me. But I went to the tour guide afterward and I'm like, I'm sorry I interrupted you at that one point. I had an experience. (laughs) And she goes, yeah, did you feel someone playing with your hair? (gasps) And I was like, shut up, shut Shut up. I was like, what? And she's like, listen. We've recorded stories like that with people who sit near that chair before or sit near that corner before, because again, Isabella was buried with basically what she was wearing and a hairbrush. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? I was like, crazy. I forgot about the hairbrush. And again, I still had this moment of like skepticism of like this tour guide. How did she know? You know what I mean? But... I couldn't figure out a way that it could have been faked and to feel so real. It's not like, again, it's not like someone was just like blowing through a straw and like making my hair wiggle a little bit to give me the shivers. Mm-hmm. It felt like a, like a fully human hand was touching my scalp. <laughs> okay. So I guess this is just going to be an ad for <sighs> Edinburgh because when Elise and I went to Edinburgh last year, <gasps> I don't know if I ever told you guys this story. No, you didn't. No. <laughs> Okay, so we were doing a different tour of Mary King's Close, which is like this famous alley that's like like the same kind of thing. Like it's now underground because of like the way Edinburgh's kind of like built up like Seattle is. Yeah. But it's this like really famous one uh, that Mary Queen of Scots even took refuge in during the like the wars that were going on stuff. Long history. So like we, we like get all this tour of like that and the plague and we come across this one spot where there's been like famous encounters like with like a child ghost and like it's like created such a lore that like people will often like bring like trinkets 
to like leave at this one spot. Mm-hmm. The the tour guide cracked to this joke, and I like actually think he might be serious. <laughs> like, there's this one toy that like is like a horse, and like the head gets turned around or like something like that, like mm. very unnaturally. And he's like, all of my like tour guide friends swear that they're not doing it, and I choose to believe them. <laughs> or no he's like no and I, he's like i choose to not believe them because every time i come in here it's turned around and i turn it back around to face the right way oh god that's awesome no. but like that kind of felt like a joke like you could easily like exactly do that right like that's kind of funny and then he takes us to this one room that they had it was like kind of the size of like a bedroom or a living room and it's like still it's like so like we're like in the close the alley outside quote-unquote that like would have been the outside and then we're like in like what used to be the ground level of this like one room shop and they think it was like a carpentry shop because there was these hooks that were coming down from the ceiling which historians think were used for carpentry in the era and so they've like recreated this room to like look like what they think a carpentry room would have looked like in the during the plague like what the 1100s i don't know somewhere around there so he like has us all get into this room and the outside is like sloping up. So he like walks up the slope and like pokes his head in a window because it's like like half the room is like at the street level and half the room is like below. And it's like pretty small. So he like pokes his head through the window and he's like telling us about like the recreation thing. And then he goes, I don't remember when this was. You could probably look it up because like he told this story like they all tell this story. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the, uh, one year, King Charles, who is now uh, now King Charles, came to Edinburgh to do like a royal tour because they are part of the British Commonwealth in Scotland. And or like, wait, actually, I might be wrong about that. My UK listeners, <laughs> please forgive me. Anyway, so uh, but either way, it was like it was the first time that British royalty had been in Mary King's Close in like hundreds of years. Like, I think maybe since all the tension with like Mary Queen of Scots. So like they were going to do this tour and it was like a historic moment. So like they send in like British security and like send dogs all the way through the thing. Like the whole thing shut down. It's like, I'm pretty sure it's like a self-contained tour space. Like it doesn't like connect in tunnels or, or like whatever was connected has been like closed off. But anyway, they do like a security sweep and the dogs are great during the whole tour at the child ghost place. Didn't raise a word. They fucking refused to go into the carpentry room. They were like barking, howling. They like were losing their minds, he said. And so they sent in like real British security. Look, with the lights on and everything, like they found nothing. Like no like foul play, no drugs, no like nothing weird. So they opted to not have King Charles go in there just in case. And And he just funneled you into the room? Yes, we're in the room. And so he goes, so... King Charles has never been in that room, and I'll never go in that room either. <laughs> oh my god! And then all, all of us were like, "This is crazy." So like, we didn't see anything, but like, then at the end of the tour, me and Elise went up to him and asked him about, "Are there more ghost stories?" Because he, th- those were the only two that he shared, and he probably shared more than I did, like in a little bit more detail. And he said, "Well, this tour is sanctioned." by the Scottish government. It's like a historic property and every story that we tell has to be like approved by the government. 
if we were to tell the stories that are not approved to tell, what? we would be here for hours. The heck. <laughs> what? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what? That was pretty fun. I feel like that's the closest I've come to like feeling like I was about to see like Victorian ghosts because it's a very it's very vibey in Edinburgh. Like it feels like a different world. Yeah, it really does. Holy crap. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys about the t- I feel like I may have shared this before on the pod. I guess I should count this. One time in my parents' house. Have I told you my parents' house story? I think so. Yeah. No? So you heard like someone like going up the stairs or walking around upstairs. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And my yeah. parents' stairs were like very like noticeable, like very distinct. Creaky. And so like yeah. we heard we like called for my dad to like come up for dinner and then we like heard him walking up the stairs. And then he didn't come up the stairs. And we were like, Dad, are you coming up to dinner? Like from the landing? You're like, coming up? No answer. And my mom like looked outside, saw his car wasn't home, and then like took a broom downstairs to like go search around to make sure someone wasn't in the house. Didn't find anybody. What the heck? I remember thinking that was crazy weird as a kid. Huh. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what ghosts are. I'm curious. So we got the wonderful story time friends i'm curious to with a few minutes we have left i'm kind of curious to interrogate just the default skepticism that we're expected to have around ghosts i think the default skepticism is very nice i think it's very like logical and natural to not believe in something if you've never experienced it like Mm -hmm. for instance Random example out of left field that's completely unrelated. Sexual orientation. I was listening to a podcast about it recently from Radiolab. Uh, it was put out recently. Great episode. It like talked about like the science and like people's perceptions and like how it's changed over time. The, the Born This Way episode. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Very, very interesting. Um, but one of the things that like caught me the most was like the way that we like get caught up in perceptions and we just like assume things and i think that like when it comes to something like ghosts i think it's very logical to either not have an opinion or like not believe in them if there's a lack of evidence for you Mm. i think that's a very natural way to go about it yeah this was so fascinating this is a perfect time by the way to plug one of my favorite books ever that was featured on my reel that we just put up on instagram of all the books uh that helped me realize i was not christian one of them is called Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Clune. And it's, uh, it's literally about death and ghosts and people not accepting their own death mm. and learning how to do so. And when I tell you guys that this book wrecked me, I wept through the final four chapters. Mm. It was, that book is an experience and it makes you think about death a little differently and it makes you think about all these things in the context of like where you believe you fit in the world. We did get a lot of hype for that. A lot of people in the comments were like, oh, hell yeah, that book. Yeah, truly. I should read it. We all should. I will say about ghosts, like maybe as a closing thought for me, why aren't we seeing ghosts from the 90s yet? Mm. Like why is it almost <laughs> always like Victorian era in England or like, colonial era in new england like that area is pretty infamous for ghosts or like like the farmhouse homesteaders out in like the abandoned cabin 
Like, why is it always older ghosts? Time will tell. That's a good question. Or have we encountered 90s ghosts but didn't realize it? Oh, and they just looked like people? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe some of them are time travelers. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that too. This might be a can of worms that we should not open right at the end of the episode, but (laughs) I do have a lingering question for those of us on the pod who still identify identify as Christian, or at least Christian-ish. Is an understanding or a belief in ghosts counter to the teachings of Christianity at all? I don't know if I can answer that, but one of the things that you made me think of that I also don't think we have time for is uh, that like that time when the disciples thought Jesus was a ghost. Right. And I don't, I've, I've never heard anyone give an explanation for that story. Yeah. Emily, what do you think of that question? I don't know why it would be or go against. Is it maybe just not what the Bible cares to talk about or focus on? Well, I mean. Wasn't the point? Wait, hold on. Didn't Jesus conjure like an Elijah and Moses ghost during his transformation? Okay, I mean, that's arguable. Uh, I've never heard someone say it just like that, but I think you could make an argument. You could make an argument. (laughs) Doesn't Elijah show up as like, or or Samuel? Samuel shows up as a ghost sometimes or is spoken to through a medium or something. I mean, if people are being brought back from the dead in the Bible, I wouldn't put it past that ghosts exist in the Bible. Huh. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't be all like, oh, that totally makes sense of Lazarus. Resurrection and of the dead Dorcas and stuff. Yeah. and Jesus. But then say that ghosts aren't real. <laughs> that to me just, come on. That's a really come good on. point. Damn. Checkmate, atheists. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Well, I mean, then there's the resurrection zombies when Jesus dies. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Spooky season. There are zombies in the Bible. Then there has to be ghosts. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I think to answer your question shortly, I don't think that it is incompatible either. I I, think it's, I'm right there with Josh. I think it's difficult for Christians to talk about things like this because, frankly, I don't think the Bible like cares to explain them like away or like supportively. And it's like one of those things that like feels very like phenomenological, just completely based off of people's experience. I don't think the Bible really addresses it, but that gets into some like other things that I think I'm going to bring up on an episode coming up. So, okay, cool. To be continued in a way. Whoa. Whoa. Emily, do you have any messages for the ghosts in the room with us today? May you be at peace. May you be well. And if you're here, give us a sign. On the bonus episode that where Dixie comes and tells her stories from that tour, can we do the thing where the three of us make a pact to say, if any of us become a ghost, here's what we'll do to show the others that we're real. I love that idea. Yeah. I will do that. I, yes. yes, absolutely. I consent. On the bonus yes. episode, if people want to hear that, they got to sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash Ravelpod.